the consumer lives and breathes for teasers. They want to get excited about something. And so one of our content buckets is BTS. It's showing the behind the scenes. What are you working on in the office? Showing that on TikTok. Hello and welcome to Shopify Masters, your companion for starting and building a business. I'm Shwang Estershan. Do you ever stop for an exercise class in the middle of your workday? Maybe go to the grocery store, head to lunch, or a business meeting? Lindsay Carter wanted her outfits to do just that. So she launched Set Active, a line of athleisure wear that can go from workday to workout and everywhere in between. Set Active was born in Lindsay's kitchen and has grown into the brand worn by eight girls like Kylie Jenner and Hailey Bieber. And it's also loved by publications like Women's Wear Daily and Vogue. Lindsay is here to share her social media strategies, advice on experimenting with retail pop-ups, and how she didn't just build a brand, but a community. Welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you for having me. Very excited to chat. Before you started Set Active, you actually had your own marketing agency and worked with the talented Dance Mom stars, Maddie and Mackenzie Zegler. So how did your work in social media and marketing really set you up to start Set Active? It was really my first job over at NBC Universal. I had free time on my calendar Sundays, and I would really just research and dive into how people can market something on social media. It's actually where I found a family was through social media. They were the, and still are the owners of Wildflower Cases. And I pitched a sizzle reel about the sisters and named the show Growing Up Wildflower and how social media like made their company take off. And um, no one was really using social media in terms of advertisement at the time. They were just dabbling into the idea of that. And that's where my love for human connection digitally came to life. And I started to go down that avenue. And in 2018, you decided to pivot. And even though the market was pretty saturated, there's a lot of athleisure brands, you still noticed that there was a gap that you wanted to fill. So tell us how you approach design and your branding to really set yourself apart. I just think outside the box. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, but I draw inspiration from things that aren't obviously activewear. And I take that inspiration, apply it to activewear so that you could simplify the way that you get dressed. Uh, So for example, I might be browsing a high fashion website like Farfetch or Forward, and I might see a top that is not activewear at all. But my mind starts to wander and I'm like, wow, this would be really cool in an active fabric. And I would also wear this with jeans and I would also wear this to dinner and I could also wear it to work. And I started to see that I could draw inspiration outside of the obvious of recreational type of exercise or gym workouts. And I didn't really see other athleisure brands doing that. big component is having that aspect of having a matching set and making the dressing decision really easier for whoever's picking out an outfit. Was that a very conscious decision you had right off the bat or did you slowly discover that as you were designing and conceptualizing? It's something that was right off the bat. I think for me at the time, you know, I would always look around and 
there would be girls always looking, you know, cute going to get coffee or whether they were going to the gym, whether they were going to the office. And I just didn't really understand style at the time or that you could like pair something with this or do something with that. And so I I wanted to simplify the way that I was getting dressed. And I figured that if I was feeling that way, I'm sure a lot of people were feeling that way. So I kind of just went for it. You're very hands-on during the whole creative and production process. So what kind of advice do you have for other founders who are going through the process of finding designers, finding fabrics, and looking for manufacturing partners? For me, it's definitely quality over quantity. Just to give you guys an example, we tried developing Swim two years ago. The way that it works in the production world is when you're sourcing fabric, you only get to feel nor like squares of it. So like when the fabric swatches were coming in to select for swim, I'm like, okay, in this square, it feels nice. Let's see it in a sample. And it would come in a sample. And I'm like, no, that is horrible. I hate it. It feels bad. Like why it didn't feel like this on the square. And so something internally at set is it's really hard. And I drive my VP of production absolutely bonkers. But I tell him that if we're developing a new fabric or if we're developing a new product, I have to see the fabric made into a sample that's wearable so I can put it on, see how it feels, see how I move in it. And all of, you know, those types of details is not normal in the production world, but I kind of just stick to my gut. And that's the biggest piece of advice is make something that you feel excited about that you would personally wear or have. And if it's not going to fit into your lifestyle, then you're not going to be passionate about it and you're not going to give it your all. I think it's such a good takeaway because the swatch you get and the sample that you make can feel completely different. And it's something that a lot of founders might not know off the bat. So you started set active with really scrappy means. There were no investors. You started in your kitchen. What do you wish you knew then that you can share with other founders who are also bootstrapping and trying to make their finances go the extra mile? First and foremost, you can't give up. I remember literally where I was sitting when I told myself that if for some reason our first drop doesn't sell out, I will stand on a street corner and sell that product to make my money back. Like I was just like giving up is not an option. And that's what's gotten me, you know, kind of just through everything. I was $20,000 in credit card debt when I started set. And yeah, it was really scary. And I cried hysterically the night before launch day. Just like, what am I doing? Like, am I cut out for this? Is this going to be successful? What happens if I don't make the money back? And all those questions kind of swirl through your head. But that's also known as fear of like failure. My friend said to me, you can't be so scared of failing. And once I kind of like removed the fear of failure, a different feeling came over me that ignited me to feel excited. And I told myself that giving up was not an option, no matter what. So digging deeper into being in debt when you launched, how did you work your way back into black and get out of your credit card debt? I just wrote everything out. I wrote out what my expenses were to just like live, like not the extra going out to dinner with friends. I wrote out like what was important to me. It was important to me to be able to pay rent, 
be able to pay for cable or Wi-Fi or all the necessities. And I added that all up. And then I looked at the inventory we ordered. And if we sold it out, what money I would get from that and how much would have to be reinvested back into production. And it was a balancing act, really. Um, But I think that it was more of the mindset that giving up wasn't an option that propelled me to move the company bigger and better. Set also is beloved by a lot of different celebrities. And anytime I'm on Instagram, I see so many different people wear it. Can you share the first big milestone when you saw someone wear said? And what was that process like getting your clothes to someone who was super influential? I'll never forget the day that Miley Cyrus's personal assistant reached out. It was actually after the fact that Brandy, her sister, had DM'd us wanting set. It was, um, I believe she was wearing Mars, which was an original color of ours from the very beginning. And she literally said in her DM, I'm in the car with Miley and she loves my set. She would love to get some. Her assistant's going to email you or we emailed her or him, I forget. And... I remember packing up the box and I still have the picture of myself holding the box up covering her address. And it was like to Miley Cyrus from Set Active. And I called my dad. I was like, we're sending our package to Miley. And I was like working literally in my apartment. And I, it was like the coolest moment ever. And it's still cool to this day. But I think what shifted in terms of that big celebrity moment to now is it's not really so much. Of course, I'm so grateful when a celebrity wears set like Hailey Bieber, Kylie Jenner. But that's not what makes me jump up and down. It's seeing set in the wild, just someone walking down the sidewalk and I will look at the back of their ankle and I'll see my logo and I still get like the jitters. It's a really cool feeling. I love hearing about seeing said active in the wild, which is also such a large component, just building a community ahead of the brand. So can you speak to the efforts that you've made by creating this community and also building relationships with influencers and fashion creators in the space? So when I was first starting set, I treated my personal Instagram as the community. I would post reviews. I would ask people for their opinion. I would ask what color they liked better. And I found that once I started getting the feedback from the people who are following my personal Instagram, I was like, well, now they're going to buy it because they had a choice in the product I was producing. They chose the darker red over the lighter red. So if they're choosing the darker red, they're going to buy the darker red. And that philosophy kind of just kept, you know, spiraling into more and more. And I started to see how important it was just to connect with your community. And your community is your biggest influencer. They are the ones who are going to talk about your product. They are the ones who are going to wear your product. They are the ones who are going to give you feedback on your product. And there's no better way to hear how your product is than from the people who are testing it in their everyday lives. And so our whole mindset has just been community over brand always. And I still hold community on a pedestal to this day. In addition to that, in the early days when you were reaching out to different creators or influencers, what were you looking for to make sure that they represented the same values that you wanted to have within the community? I think just the obvious that they were just genuine, nice people. Um, You know, 
when we would reach out, I'm not going to name the influencer, but it was always a balancing act of influencers reaching out to us and us reaching out to influencers, sending them product, seeding them product, because that was our mode of marketing. We weren't putting money towards paid ads or anything like that. So it was just influencer gifting. And this one time we sent an influencer a message just saying like, there's no rules or anything to posting. We just want to send you our product, whether you post or not. We are just grateful that you'd wear it. And she replied, yeah, for a check. And I was like, well, that's not the type of girl I want representing my brand. I understand that she might be getting paid as her job and her career to create content, but there was a much nicer way to respond back to something like that. And that's when we started to get really picky on who we send our stuff to and really understanding who their audience is and what their audience responds to and how our product fits into their lives. And we kind of go through a whole checklist and ask ourselves if it's a fit. Mm -hmm. And I think this is such an important nuance, right? Because you're simply gifting and you're not asking for any content creation or anything or like obligation to post. And it's very different from like actually working with a creator and and asking for content. It's definitely... um, a very important nuance, I think, within the creator community. What advice you have for founders who are starting a brand and they're trying to figure out what their marketing mix should be in today's world? What do you suggest investing their early marketing efforts in? Definitely community. Start posting about what it is that you're doing. Like if you're if I wanted to start another clothing brand, that my first step that I would do on social media, other than creating an Instagram page for it, is posting on my own personal Instagram. Even if you have 300 followers, it doesn't matter because people are going to start talking about you. They're going to start talking about what you're starting. They're going to start talking about the content you're posting and they want to be a part of that. So if I'm you know, starting a denim brand, I'm probably going to go on my Instagram and going to say like, Hey guys, my new passion project is denim. I'm setting out to create the first denim that fits every body type, whatever your catchphrase might be. And I'm going to take you guys along with me. That's already building the community. Like you're posting about it. You're telling your audience what it is that you're doing they're invested and then you say should we start with a lighter wash should we start with a darker wash and then people start voting and they feel like they're a part of your brand that's the answer is making your followers feel like they're a part of your brand it's something that has been important to set will still be important to set as long as set is alive so community will always come first Geneva is a great platform that we use where it's a little bit like Slack. We can connect with our community members. I chat with them all day long. In fact, tonight at 7.15, I have a um, Zoom that I'm doing with all our community members where it's a free Zoom, meaning that they can just ask questions, talk to each other. Um, It doesn't even have to be about set, but just about advice in general in life or if they're not happy at a job, what should they do? And we're all joining the Zoom tonight at 7.15. So it's stuff like that that keeps me excited. 
very excited to dig into more aspect of this community building and also this very build in public model. I'm chatting with Lindsay Carter, the CEO and founder of Set Active. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. And if you haven't already, please subscribe or follow Shopify Masters wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or feedback for the show. Thank you. So the build in public model is super important for Set Active. I think a lot of founders might be intimidated because they're not ready to show their work or they're scared of competitors finding out where they're doing. How did you tackle those mental hurdles and be open about where you're going and what you're doing with the business? I think that we're all individual humans. And at the end of the day, not one human is made the same. And People can copy you, but you're always going to be one step ahead because you're the person who's coming up with the ideas. You're the person who's coming up with the creative and not one person knows what your next move is going to be. So the imitation might follow, but you'll always be one step ahead. And I think that checks the box for the question of just like, you know, being scared to put your stuff out there. I mean, I'm scared all the time when I'm posting a teaser is you know, someone going to take a screenshot and bring it to their design meeting and be like, how fast can we get this out before Set Active does it? But I think you just have to trust that, you know, what you're doing is working. And I know and believe in how creative I am and how I draw inspiration and that I am my own brain and my own individual. And if people want to copy, they're going to copy, but they don't know my plans for that product. They don't know what my next move is going to be. They don't know the the storyline that that product might fit into. And so they're the ones who are going to look silly, not me. And so that's what I always tell myself. And I do have to remind myself of that in terms of just being like self-conscious of what other people think. I read this article once. It was honestly of Kim Kardashian and Vogue. And She said that you just have to pretend you're a racehorse and you have to have your racing blinders on and you don't want to look left and you don't want to look right because you don't care what your competition's doing. You just have to focus on yourself and keep moving forward. And that's sort of the philosophy that I've just naturally adapted to in my career. I don't really look at what other people are doing. I don't care if they want to bash something I'm doing. I'm doing what I think works for me in the company. And I'm just going to stay confident in that. And so far, that philosophy has worked for me. You also make marketing feel less salesy when you're asking customers to vote on colors and styles. So talk to us about some marketing strategies that were impactful for growing sets. I mean, I think it's just the behind the scenes, like people want to see how their product is being made. They want to see the work that goes into it. They want to see how hard people are working every single day to bring to life a story to to tell. I think something at set that works for marketing that we've always hung on to is the why. Always have a why. Never come out with something just because. You always have to connect it back to something and tell a story. And there has to be an emotional tie-in or people are going to be disinterested. Um, And so really understanding the why behind what you're doing and the product and being able to externally communicate that to your consumer is extremely important in marketing. A big part for set is also how the products are released with limited drops. How do you go about prepping for a drop and also building up the interest? 
today was shoot day. Actually, I, I came right back to the office just to record this. And then it's back to the shoot. I'm currently in one of our new products, which is our sleepwear product. There's so much that goes into it. I mean, just for Black Friday alone, we started planning a week ago and that's not even until November. And that's just to plan the creative. Building up the interest is is the BTS part, talking about it, showing teasers. They, the consumer lives and breathes for teasers. That's just, they want to get excited about something. And so we, one of our content buckets at set, one of our pillars is BTS. It's showing the behind the scenes. What are you working on in the office? Showing that on TikTok. What's your day-to-day look like? A day in the life. Then they get to see snippets of how the product that they're wearing is being made. And I think that builds hype as well. I mean, there's so much prep for a drop. We have prep at least, I would say, three meetings before a drop. And then the day before a drop, we have a giant company-wide call where everyone's on the same page about pricing, styles, the time it's dropping, everyone's role for the drop. And then we have a post-drop review, what went right, what went wrong. And then we take what went right, apply it for the next one, and we fix what's wrong and pivot for the next one. And that's how we, we grow. For some of those drops, you also collaborate with different companies and artists like Revolve, Justine Sky, Ami Song. So tell us a bit about what you look for when seeking a collaboration partner or company. It just has to be an organic love for the brand. With Revolve, you know, there was a mutual love for each other there. I am a consumer of Revolve. And the people that were reaching out on behalf of Revolve were consumers of Set. And so we both knew that we genuinely loved the product and the partnership. And so that was kind of a no-brainer for us. In terms of talent, it's the organic love for the brand again. So Ami is a friend of the brand. She's also a newer mom friend in my life. And she's loved the brand since its inception, since day one. And so I love Ami for her style. And I just thought that the marriage was there for the both of us. And then for Justine Skye, I just loved her story. And again, she was a natural fan of the brand herself. And so was her friend group. And so It just felt natural and right. And that's why we said yes to it. And I think building those collaborations, launching is one aspect. What do you do post launches to like learn from them, improve them or grow from those collaborations? Well, before a collaboration, you go over the goal of the collaboration. Is it brand awareness? Is it customer acquisition? And then you build out what it's going to take to hit that goal And you need to quantify that data so that you can see if you're making an ROI. So it just, it just depends. Like Justine Sky asking her demographics, let's say for instance, her demographic majority was, I'm just going to say, for example, Texas, we might not have an audience base in Texas. And so for us, that's something that we measure in our collaboration. And then after a collaboration, we sit down and we go over the details of how it did, the units that sold. Let's say we did want to grab Texas as customer acquisition. Did we grab new customers in Texas? Yes or no. If the answer was yes, over a certain percentage, then we know we hit our goals on that collaboration. Yeah. And the set active team has grown a lot. And so has your family. So speak to how are you taking care of yourself wellness wise as you're growing your team as well? I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. 
Um, yesterday I was in a meeting and I fully broke down. I'm tired and I'm overwhelmed. Being a mom to two under two, running a company of over 30 employees, it's it's hard. When someone says, what's the hardest part of your job? It's managing my employees because um, it's a balancing act. It's a balancing act of making sure that you're promoting your employees when they're putting in the work and learning and growing, but they might not be experienced enough to be at the level that you're promoting them to. And you have these expectations of them and the expectations aren't being hit. That's just like one side of things. On the other side, I have two very clingy children at home who all they want is mama. Like it's hard. My mom guilt yesterday was through the roof and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it together. I just couldn't stop crying. I'm not going to sugarcoat that I balance my life because some days are definitely harder than others. I think what helps me get through it is that I signed up for this. I knew going into being an entrepreneur that if my company was going to become as successful as I was hoping it would become, that I knew that this is how my life was going to feel. But there are certain things that bring me happiness that I implement in my daily routine that's a non-negotiable for me, like leaving the office at 5 p.m. no matter what to go be with my kids. If there's still work that needs to be done, I'll do it when they go to sleep. But leaving 5 p.m. from the office, no matter what, no matter how busy we are, that's non-negotiable for me. And just, you know, sticking to what interests me. A big goal of mine in 2023 was to pick up tennis. I've never played tennis before. I'm now three lessons deep and all it's all I can think about. I want to become all of a sudden a tennis pro. So just making sure that you're doing things that still make you happy and sprinkling that into your routine throughout your life is also helpful. Well, thank you for being so open and real with your answer and hopefully maybe some tennis-inspired attire to come as it's well. It's coming. <laughs> Amazing. And congrats on the recent open of your retail pop-up on Melrose Place. Very exciting. Our producer, Gogo, went and she loved the space. So tell us, how did you know it was the right time to experiment with retail? I think it was just the right time because... I didn't know about this company, Leap, who puts on, you know, pop-up spaces and really does the heavy lifting for you. I knew that my team didn't have the bandwidth to do it. And so I always said no, because I knew how much of a heavy lift it was going to be. When Leap sort of fell into our lap to do it, I just, it kind of just felt right. I mean, our community, we were building and building and building this community and one of our strongest you know, customer base is Los Angeles and it's from, it's where I'm from. And so I think it was just a matter of all the stars aligning to move forward with the opportunity. It was time to bring the community together face to face. It was time for people to like learn about our product and understand our fabrics in person. It was a store that opened up on Melrose Place where the idea for Set Active was born in the first place. And so it, I think it was just a matter of the stars aligning. And I was just like, this is a no-brainer. Also a beautiful full circle moment. Do you also envision more retail stores and more expansion through traditional 
means of having storefronts? Yes, we are opening on Bleecker Street in New York City, hopefully end of May, beginning of June, and hoping to expand from there. I'd love to be in Miami. I'd love to be in Chicago. I'd love to be in Texas. So that's what's on the horizon. Oh, super exciting. And to wrap up, I know you mentioned the sleepwear that you were shooting and launching and getting inspired by tennis. Any other exciting launches or things that you want to hint about to our listeners? I am a horse girl at heart. Ever since I was a little girl, I've been obsessed with horses. We are doing an equestrian drop inspired collection later this year. That's something I'm super excited about. That's one teaser. I already spilled that tennis is coming. I think I'm just really excited about the creative that we're doing this year. It's very different. It's the first time that we're putting the creative first and the product second in terms of like what we're designing into. Um, And the storytelling that is coming this year, I think, is the best we've ever done. And so I'm really excited to see it all unfold. Amazing. And we're excited to keep following Set Active Socials and seeing all of the new launches. Thank you so much for being here, Lindsay. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. This was such a fun conversation. That's Lindsay Carter from Set Active. And thank you for joining us on Shopify Masters. Our show is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matt Schwartz and Miku Betlam. Benjamin Gottlieb is our supervising producer. And I'm Shwang Esther Shan. And we will see you next time.